Thanks for joining us at Summit Church. No matter where you are at on life's journey, you are welcome here. We are excited to share God's word with you through this week's message. Every year we like to get together. We like to just talk for up the front end of the of the year about kind of where the church is at. A few weeks ago, it was at the State of the City uh, address given by our mayor. And uh, the president from time to time gives the State of the uh, Union address. And so we're going to give a little State of the Church address. And then we're going to talk about our favorite subject right after that called fasting that I know you've been looking forward to. But uh, a State of the Church address kind of basically uh, what, what's going on and where we've been and, and uh, kind of maybe where we're going and just kind of give everybody a heads up. And so I don't know if you realize this or not, but we're not even six months old as a church yet. We're just really five and a half months old as a church. And so we're still very young. If you can put that in the perspective of a baby, we're still in diapers uh, and burping a lot. And, uh, but God's doing some amazing things very quickly in our midst, as many of you know. I wanted to share a couple of those things with you. We've so far, we've seen many people saved. Hardly a service goes by. We've not seen people coming to know the Lord. We've had uh, 36 different water baptisms done so far in five and a half months. And um, as Caleb referred to, our journey class, which is the first two Sundays of every month, is our on-ramp to get involved here at the Summit Church and basically a little bit of the history of the church and kind of what we embrace and our vision and, and a little bit about you. And so we, uh, we really feel that that's a great way to get involved and take ownership of the church here. And so we have 68 people signed up for our first class. We're um, going to serve you food uh, after third service. And like he mentioned, it'll be our probably last meal for a while. But um, we'll have fun and uh, talk a little bit. So that's the journey class, 68 people right after shoot our first, first one we've ever had. So I was asking the Lord, God, give me, give me a word for us for this year. And um, I felt like, and we've talked about it the last several months, the prayer of Jabez, but I really feel like that's really where we're at. And I feel the word of the Lord for us is that this is going to be a year of enlargement for us, enlargement. Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready to get big. Come on. It's just <clears throat> in, a, in, a, in a spiritual way, okay, just a spiritual way. But I believe that's true. I believe we're going to see enlargement in in, in the favor of God, we're going to begin to see enlargement in the resources of the Lord this year. We're going to see uh, enlargement in the area of the anointing, in the presence of God. We're going to see an enlargement in, in, of seeing our worship even go to a higher level. We're going to see enlargement in the area of the amount of miracles. We're going to see divine <clears throat> miracles in our midst and an increase in, I believe, what I would call inner healing or people really becoming clean from the inside out and being delivered of stuff that they've hung on to for multitudes of days and years. And I think we're going to see an enlargement of the grace of God upon our lives to do things quickly. What I love about God is that he can get a lot done quick. As you can see, five and a half months, he's already doing a lot. And I believe it's even going to progress and be even faster in the next five and a half or six months. We're going to see a ramping up of the speed of God upon our lives. You know, they only took 52 days to build the wall in Nehemiah's day of Jerusalem. And you read the story about Elijah, man, he just tucked in his coat. And, and when the anointing of God hit him, he outran the, the chariots and the horses. That's, that's some fast work getting done. I believe God's going to do the same thing for us. I just want to give you an update, you know, on the new building. Many of you have been tracking with us. We've been talking about the, the, the piece of property that 
we've made an offer on. Uh, show it up here on the screen, that um, pretty ugly-looking building in the middle of a field down on County Road 12. 12. But um, we're going to be signing uh, th- and, and taking over ownership of this building uh, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, in a few days. It'll be ours. Yes. So by Thursday, that thing's going to be ours. And um, we're excited about that. We're so pleased and thankful what you've done as a church and risen up and believe by faith that God's going to use us to remodel and restore and renew and build something for his glory there. Um, $1.6 million has been pledged for the next three years by this church, Summit Church. Man, come on, God, give God some glory for that. It's amazing. So today is what we call First Fruits Sunday, which is the beginning of our three-year building campaign giving of our offerings above our tithes. And so for the today, starting today, for the next 36 months, our giving officially begins for the building program. So pumped up about that for the next three years. Testimonies are already starting to come in. Let me just give you one already. Um, this lady wrote me uh, and sent me this testimony. She said, as you and a few others know, I was hospitalized in September, wasn't able to return to work for two and a half months, and most of that time without pay. So when I made the pledge for the building, I, I had not been able to even buy Christmas gifts and was still trying to pay off hospital bills and my monthly living expenses. But over the next week, four different people came together to help me even buy Christmas gifts and to make my house payment. And then on Christmas Day, I opened an envelope from my dad and I looked at this and was wondering if my dad accidentally added an extra zero. It was three times the amount he typically gives me for Christmas. Not only now am I caught up on my regular bills, but I will be able to pay off the hospital bill, tithe my full 10% for January, and, in bold letters, write a check for the first three months that I pledged to the building fund. God is a big and faithful God. Isn't that cool? Come on. So yeah, things like that are already happening amongst us um, as we begin to move into this new building, begin to remodel it. Um, we're going to need your help. So we have given you a handout. Many of you have been given that. Um, what that little handout is is just kind of your way of saying, hey, I, I know how to do this or I know how to do that. I know there's a lot of people here that have got a lot of skills, a lot of talents, a lot of trades, and we want to uh, tap into that. We would encourage you to just say, hey, you know, I'll, I'll be willing to help out and I can do this. Um, maybe you can't do any of those. That's fine. Um, maybe you're, you're good at a wheelbarrow or you can, you know, uh, go make a run to go buy food for the people that are volunteering or, or uh, maybe make a Lowe's run or Home Depot run or whatever. Just write it down. And uh, Rick Sink, who's going to be coordinating all the volunteers, is going to put all this together and he'll be contacting you when we have um, need. And so if you'd like to throw your uh, towel in and hand and hands to the work, man, just fill that out, put it in the giving box or turn it into the Connect Center. Or you can also go online or, uh, and, and, and do that as well. Just um, fill that survey out. We appreciate that. Well, let me just kind of give you a little brief rundown of what's going on in the last five and a half months here at Summit Church locally. And then we'll talk a little bit about what's going on globally. Uh, first of all, you want to know that um, Big Fish, which we partner with closely, and 
We love our big fish. Let me give, let's give a shout out to the big fish ministry. Come on. Yeah. Woo. Faith-based recovery program for men and women. We got around 32 already in the, the program for men right now. I think about 12 or so, give or take. I'm not sure for the women. Graduated this past year from already. I mean, graduated from the Big Fish program since its exist, uh, existence. It's, been, it's about 30 uh, people have graduated from the Big Fish program, the recovery program. Excited about that. We love our guys. Some are on the worship team, some are out in the parking lot, some they're just all over the place just being a blessing to the community and to the kingdom of God. And uh, I wanted to share with you this morning something that's just happening. So I want to show you a little video and uh, capture a little bit of this moment. I think it's going to be something you're really going to like. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. So being able to not just uh, see restoration take place, in people's lives, but also provide for them a trade and a skill that they can use for the rest of their life. Come on, that is amazing right story right there. So proud of our ministry working with Big Fish. Also, just to let you know that Operation Christmas Child, most of you here were a part of that, uh, putting together little boxes to send around the world. Kathy Andrus and Deborah Hausman just put this thing together. They they uh, blew it out of the water. We were able to send 671 boxes, close to 700 boxes, to the world, little gifts and to children across the world because of you. And the Angel Tree as well, Angel Tree Ministry, uh, just um, Daryl Howard. Uh, Daryl, are you in the house? Daryl, raise your hand. Yeah, there he is. Thank you, Daryl. Man, he put that together. His wife, man, just worked tirelessly. And because of him and your gifts, uh, towards our children, we were able to help 47 families and 84 children had Christmas presents under the tree because of you, Daryl, and all the work that you've done. Thank you guys so much. And the backpack ministry, Miss Darlene, are you here, Miss Darlene? I think I saw you. There you are. Miss Darlene and her team, backpack ministry team, continues just to blow it out of the water, feeding 150 kids every week. They go home. Uh, with a backpack full of food because there's not a lot of food at home. So the only food they really get is during the week at school. So we make sure that they have food to go home with. And 150 kids in Alberta, Foley, and Robertsdale, that we are responsible for, that we feed at thousands of dollars. I'm talking thousands of dollars this cost. And uh, just say thank you to Darlene and the team for doing that. 150 kids are being fed through that ministry. And then Rick Sink, which I mentioned earlier, he was here, I think, the first service um, in, in the, the helps ministry here and all the people that are helping, the men and women. Uh, the last five and a half months, remember, this is five and a half months, last five and a half months, we were able to repair six people's homes, um, house, cleaned three homes, three yards were cleaned up and taken care of and mowed, and 10 cars were serviced as a result of the work of this body of Christ for widows and single mothers and things like that. And so, come on, let's give it up for our team that's doing all that. Amen? Yeah, so this is State of the Church. This is what we're doing. We're talking about what has happened and where we're going. Small groups is, was very successful out of the, right out of the shoot this last fall. Uh, we're going to be ramping those back up in a few weeks. Uh, Pastor Robbie was just up here just a few moments ago praying for us. He'll be leading that small group ministry uh, we're going to have some powerful, good small groups 
from financial freedom to you name it, we're going to be having those kind of groups, and they're really a blessing. Get to know one another and get to know God on a better basis. Youth camp's coming up this summer. Uh, we're going to be able to register online uh, tonight. The registration begins tonight. We have re- youth camp, and usually we have more than a couple hundred youth at camp in the summer up in Cal- Columbiana, Alabama. Alabama. We uh, partner with about five other churches, and uh, we get together, and we have a wonderful time. God shows up and shows off in a powerful way. And if you can see um, Caleb here, Caleb, raise your hand. If you want to send your young person, uh, high school camp will be the first week. It'll be in July. And then the middle school camp will also follow behind that. And what we're doing again this year, or not again, we're doing it for the first time, is we're going to actually add a elementary uh, camp to it as well. And they'll be going on the same time as the middle school camp. Won't be spending a lot of time. They'll be kind of doing different things at different times, but we're going to be going together. So that'll be fun. So camp for all the kids and young people, and it's going to be a powerful time. As far as what's going on around the world, let me just kind of give you some things that uh, we're involved in, and maybe not you directly, but um, we continue to work with the McGuire's who, you know, we kind of launched out and we're friends of into Germany and we're along in Germany. And since they've been there, uh, they have seen 60% growth in their church, which is really phenomenal for a German church. We're powerfully pumped about that. Um, I'm gonna, I have a good friend named Jeff. Uh, he's a pastor up in Robertsdale, and we're gonna, I'm going to be going with him soon to Moldova and uh, working with him. He um, is coordinating um, building of orphanages across Moldova, and um, we're going to be working with a church there in the capital as well. Moldova is an Eastern Bloc country, former Eastern Bloc, about 4 million people in the country, a small country, but yet it's the headquarters or the root of sex trafficking that's taking place uh, all over Europe, and it starts really, most of it starts right there in Moldova. So we're going to go in, and we're, trying to, we're just trying to come up with solutions to bring, bring an end to that. And so um, I'll be going there. And also we're going to be taking a team to Guatemala uh, at the end of May, the beginning of June. Some of you have signed up for that. We're going to be building some homes for the volcano victims from down there. We're going to be feeding children. We're going to be ministering to some churches down there as well. Kind of getting a taste for some of you. First time what missions is all about. And I encourage everyone to be a part of a mission trip at some point, And we'll have more of those available as time goes by. We're also um, partnering with Global Action. Uh, I happen to be on the executive board with Global Action. And what that is, is simply a ministry designed to train up third world pastors. Um, it's a ministry that takes third world pastors, many pastors uh, in the third world countries are not very educated, uh, and they come to know Jesus. They want to do something for the Lord. They don't know what to do, so they start a church. They don't even know what they're doing or what they're even talking about. And uh, it's a little crazy, and there's a lot of crazy stuff going on because of that. So what this ministry does is goes in, it goes to third world countries, and it teaches uh, like a basic Bible foundation course, an eight-month course to these people to these pastors, young pastors, and gives them a solid foundation. It's powerful ministry. It's in Latin America. It's in India. It's in Ukraine. We've just been opened up. Tanzania has opened up its doors to us as well. And uh, so we're partnering with them, working with them. Pastor Yanel, who is like a sister church to us over in County Road 98, a Spanish church, and he and I meet on a weekly basis. And 
he's over the part of global action as well, and he's over to the Cuba part, and they just, we've just made him also the coordinator for all of Latin America. And uh, just in Cuba alone last year, uh, we were able to train 350 pastors. We have 400 pastors lined up for this year to be trained. How many know that something good's happening in Latin America and around the world as far as that? That's powerful stuff. And lastly, about the world, I just want to say this. We're working on planning a trip to Israel in the fall of 2021. Um, some have always wanted to go to Israel, and um, I've been there one time. It was a life-changing experience for me. We're putting together another trip for Israel in 2021. We're getting all the details now, but it will be a life-changing experience, and um, it will be um, hosted by a friend of mine um, that is one of the smartest, most intelligent uh, Jewish Christians in, Amer uh, in Israel. So that will be coming up as well, so you can be putting that as something that you might want to be involved in. Well, here's what I just want to let you know about how you can help out um, here, as far as the building is concerned, in this room right here, the next three Wednesday nights, um, we're going to be coming here together, and we're going to be praying. And we're, we're launching today a 21-day of prayer and fasting, and we'll be meeting every Wednesday night and just having some time of prayer. Um, and then on the third Wednesday night, we're going to have a night of worship and prayer. And the following that, and I don't expect you to remember all this, but on the 26th, which will be the Sunday following the third Wednesday of our fast, we're going to go to the new building that we have just purchased, and we're going to have a time in that afternoon just to pray and to dedicate that to the Lord and for the Lord's purposes. So just some stuff you might want to keep on the radar and on your calendar. But the conclusion of the State of the Church address for us this morning is the church is healthy. The church is strong, and things are happening, and God is giving all the glory. Come on. I, I was uh, in the worship this morning earlier, and the Lord speaks to me funny ways. Sometimes I get like these little pictures, and um, then there's a, usually a meaning behind it. And uh, I was in worship this morning, and I saw, um, I went back in time to when I was in high school, and I don't think they have this today. I mean, some of you may know what I'm talking about. They had it in your school. And they had this, uh, like, a huge, gigantic uh, tug-of-war rope, these, you know, huge round ropes um, that hung from the highest beam of the gymnasium and uh, with a big knot on the bottom of it. And there was a thin little mat at the bottom. And, and, and we were challenged to climb up and touch the top of, you know, the, how many have ever done that? You know what I'm talking about. Some of you, see, if they did that today, today's school, they'd be sued. You know, that, that, in fact, I remember crawling up that rope going, this is crazy. What am I doing, you know? But I, th that's what we did. You know, we, we climbed ropes and we, we played with things that, you know, are outlawed today. But anyway, we, we did that. And so I saw this little, you know, that rope and going up in that little knot. And I felt like the Lord said to my heart, it whispered to me that Summit Church is that knot in the rope. I'm like, What? does that mean? And I felt like that means two things. Number one, for some people, you know, those people that are they're hanging on for dear life, that knot is everything to them. You know, it's like the last hope in some ways before they fall. And uh, it's, it's the last chance they have to climb up. But for others, the knot represents the beginning. They get their feet up on it and they begin to climb the rope and it's the launching pad to go higher. And so I believe that that's what God's making some of church. We are, we're a, a knot. Come on. You're just a big knot. Just, 
You know, just turn to your neighbor and go tell them, you just look like a knot. Just go ahead. They, they probably need to hear that. You wanted to tell them that anyway. It's just, you're just a knot. Oh. Well, let me ask a question here this morning. How many hate being bored? Okay. So everybody else loves being bored. How many love being bored? I, maybe I got the wrong message this morning. I, I, I don't know about you. I hate being bored. I, I really, I just, have you ever daydreamed um, sitting at your desk at work, maybe at school, or just, just daydreamed that you were, you were somewhere else, that you were doing something else, that, that, that you, did, you do anything besides doing what you're doing at the moment? You've been there? Well, I just kind of did that this, this week, and I, I, I kind of feel like uh, God wants us to daydream a little bit, and if you just kind of allow me the opportunity, I, I would just like for us to daydream perhaps a little bit like well, what God would daydream when he looks at Summit Church. How does he daydream about us? I believe God's calling us to be a people. As we know, one of our vision statements is to make impact in our community, and, and I believe God daydreams about how we can do that. I do. And I, I believe that a lot of Christians, unfortunately, live so short of the over, overcoming life that God's called them to, to, to be and live that they, they have no idea what God could do with them if they would just submit to that plan. They don't see the value of expanding the kingdom of God, and they're so caught up in material things that, that just to them, the very existence of life simply is to make more money and have bigger things. But if I could just tell you this morning, it's so much more than that. That your life on this earth is more than having more things, but it's to make an impact in the world. What would the community look like? Can we daydream for a moment? If, if we were the powerful spiritual giants that God has called us to be in this area of Baldwin County in South Alabama? What would it look like if we literally became the people that walk with the favor of God and the anointing of a spiritual kingdom dripping off of our lives? The people where when we spoke words, they carried such weight that they moved things literally in the heavenlies and caused it to be created in the earthly dimension. What would it be like if we became a people that when we prayed, mountains moved and things happened, that when we prayed and spoke, miracles really took place, and when we praised and when we worshiped, it was so powerful and so majestic that God's very presence descended upon our worship and our praise, and people were healed instantly, and families restored, and people come back to Jesus. Can I, can I dream for just a second with you? What would it be like if there was a people that their dreams were so big that God was able to move in and breathe upon them because finally he found a people that could believe beyond even the natural realm? What would it be like if there was a people that were so engaged in the kingdom of God that when people drove down the Foley Beach Express or Highway 59 to come to a beach to have a time of rest, when they got to this area, something lifted off of their hearts and off of their minds and the depression and anxiety and the stress that they've been under for so long just begin to alleviate and leave their bodies uh, not knowing that it was a kingdom of God that they were entering into. Come on, can you believe with me that it's that powerful? What would it be like if 
There was a people that walked so closely with the Lord that the light was literally just, just busting forth and darkness ran at breakneck speed where the spirit of heaviness just was broken off people's life. Where when, when tests came to their lives, when tests came to these people's lives that are overcomers, that, that literally they, they just laughed at the enemy's face and said, is that all you got to give me? Come on, can, can we have a people that's so engaged in loving God that God is so big in their life that, that there's nothing that can cause them to be weighted down and feel like no, there's no hope, that there's a people filled with life and faith and hope and, 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 and desire to see the kingdom of God come. Can I believe and can I dream a little bit that there's a people that become kings and priests in the earth where they truly say, I have tasted the goodness of God. And I know God is real. And the very God I serve can touch you and be your God. But sadly, we live so far beneath our potential. We don't understand and never experience. We'll live our whole life and never experience the power of God. We've ne we will read stories about this great people, but never take these stories and apply it to us. We don't believe that, that the very God that we read about and these stories we read about can literally be our stories. We just, we just feel we're less than that. But what if there was a people that, that said, you know what? Maybe this God there can be my God here and I can step into a place that I've never believed or ever entertained the idea that I could become, that maybe I could be someone that people would read about one day in my life, maybe I could be that, 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 that warrior, that man of faith, that woman of faith, that giant in the kingdom of God that, that God blows through my life that I may not have a lot to offer. I may not be some prolific writer or some eloquent speaker, but, but there's something about me that I love God and I, I believe God can use the little bit that I do have and do something great with it. I believe I can see miracles with the little life I have left. Do you, do you believe with me that you can become perhaps that person that God can blow through to such a degree? Do I have anybody in the house yeah. that could believe that with me? To see the kingdom of God. So today, for just a few moments, I want to challenge you to entertain the idea that you can do something to kind of jumpstart your life and jolt yourself to get out of this place of, of compromise or unbelief or um, stagnation. And you can do something like jumper cables from the kingdom of God just attached to your life and, and suddenly you're like, whoa, and, and, and you move into something that, that, that you've only read about. I, I, I want to put some paddles to you this morning. Is that okay? Can I, can, I just, can I just say clear to everybody and just say, we're getting ready to put some paddles to your dead little heart. But, but here, you've got, to, you've got to say before you pass out, I want the paddles. And here's what's the paddle. The paddles are this. It's the process of, of, of bringing the power of God into my life. There's a process. It, and, and part of that process, I, love, I, I know you're going to love this subject, but it's called fasting. 
It's the battles of God. Here's, there's a process. There's a process of power. You can write this down in your notes. First of all, God will anoint you. Then God steps back, and then God begins to test you. And after God anoints you, then God tests you. Then guess what God does? He gives you the power. He gives you the keys to the car. You don't walk up to your you know, two-year-old granddaughter and, and say, hey, I love you so much, I'm giving you the keys to my car. You don't walk up to your 12-year-old you know, that just learned how to, you know, I mean, your eight, six-year-old that just learned how to ride a bicycle and go, you know what, I, I saw you drive around the, 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 the block a couple times with your little bike. I think you can do better now. Here's the keys to my Mustang. Go for it, man. No, 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 you, you, you have this process that you go through because the Bible tells us that the gifts of God without repentance. In other words, when God gives you something, he doesn't take it back. But before God gives you something, he's got to know he can trust you. So there's a process. God anoints you to follow him. After he anoints you, he tests you and, see, and says to himself, I wonder if they are going to rise up and become this person of character and integrity and honor that I can now cut loose and give them this power that I have. We, we need to be a people that desire the power of God. I mean, there's stories, I mean, stories that I read and I'm like, this blows me away. Like people like Charles Finney back in the 1800s, so filled with the power of God that when a friend of his asked to, to him to come visit his his company, a business, he had a big business of hundreds of people that they sold things and made things. And he, he said, would you come? I'd like to give you a tour of my, of my, of my business. He, he walked with his friend as he walked down the aisles as people were just doing their sewing and on the sides. People literally dropped out of their seats uh, and got on their knees and cried out, uh, God, save me. He's walking down the aisle and going, people going, save me, God, save me, God, save me, God. It's like, what's going on? It was the power of conviction that he walked in. He never said a word, never preached a message. No, no one ever said, hey, this is Charles Finney, the great revivalist. Every person who is serious about experiencing the power of God is going to be tested. And I'm saying, I'm inviting you today to Launch yourself down onto the road of the power of God. To say to yourself, I want to live my life knowing that I've touched and experienced the power of God moving through my life. But in that desire or prayer, God will test you. He's going to test your finances. He's going to test your family. He's going to test your business. He's going to test, you know, the things around you, your, your health, your, your, your life, your mind. And you're going to be tested because the gifts of God are without repentance. But guess what? Once you pass these tests, the anointing of power comes upon your life, and you become this powerhouse in the kingdom of God that we just dreamed about a few moments ago. I, a person told me one time, I went to him for prayer. I said, um, Pastor, would you pray with me because I want, to, uh, I want to become a powerhouse in the kingdom of God. And he said to me, he said, are you, do you feel you are now? And I said, no, I don't. And then he said this, which cut me to the heart. He said, JP, the only reason you aren't is because that's what you want to be. You are exactly what you want to be. But if you will cut loose of some things, 
cut off those, as the, Paul says, those heavy chains and those entanglements, then you can be what you desire to be and have what you desire to be. How many know you exactly where you're at with God because that's where you chose to be? Don't, you know, don't everybody shout me down now. I know that this is good stuff. I was talking to a mama recently, and she said to her child, she goes, listen, I've done all I could do to raise you, but once you walk out these doors, every choice she makes on you. If you want to be a great man, you'll be a great man, but if you want to be a, be, you know, a, a, a disappointment to yourself and the community, that's on you. It's not on me. You are what you... Let me just get off this. So, <laughs> so what's the purpose of the anointing? See, here's what happens. So, so Jesus... Jesus Went into the river. He gets water. He gets baptized. God. He comes out of the water. God. A voice speaks. God speaks. He says, "This is my son. I'm well pleased with him. Listen to what he has to say." He's for the first time in 30 years. Jesus becomes anointed by God for ministry. This is really when his ministry began. And what is the what is the first thing that happens to Jesus? The Bible says, "And the Spirit of the Lord led him into the wilderness." Why would God anoint him and then lead him into the wilderness? Because God had to allow a testing to come into his life. And once the testing of the Lord came, or the enemy came, which God allowed, into Jesus' life, guess what? He came out of the wilderness, the Bible says, now filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. He went in anointed, but he came out filled with power. I, I want the anointing of the Lord, but more importantly, I want the power as well. And how does the power come? It comes through a life that's been tested in the wilderness. Then what did Jesus do once he was anointed and he walked into the wilderness? The Bible says that he fasted for 40 days. Don't you love that word, fasting? What does that mean? It means you're going without something and you're putting God in front of it. Now, most of the time in the Bible when it talks about fasting, it's dealing with food. Now, whatever that looks like to you is your business. For some, you know, a fast would be no more sodas in your, you know, for 21 days or no more candy or no more chocolate. Or for some, it's no more food, period, for 21 days. I'm just drinking water. For some, it's, you know, just I'm just going to kind of change my diet. I'm just going to do like a little Daniel fast. Now, I know there's some people that, that, you know, there's things going on in your body and you really can't fast food. That's okay. I mean... You're, you're, it's, it's okay. God doesn't judge you. But you can't give something up. You can give social media up. Hey, you can give up watching the news every night for three hours. You can give up Facebook. You can, you know, you can give up, uh, you know, cussing at people uh, at the stoplight because they didn't go soon enough. You, <laughs> you, I'm just talking. You can... But you can, you, can come, you can come out of the wilderness filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is what we desire. I want to have our worship team come back up this morning. And, um, and, and what I want to do this morning with the little time that we have left is just, let me just quickly talk to you about the power of fasting. Number one, fasting brings your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and your body under subjection to the Spirit. That's why you fast. Because your body, your you are always fighting this battle to be in charge. But God says, let there be no other God before me. 
including you. So when you gave your heart to God and said, you're my God, guess what? You become number two. He becomes number one. But you kind of always want to become one. And we do that in many different ways. So fasting is a way of kind of shocking ourselves and reminding ourselves, you know, my spirit's in control, not me. And I'm going to honor and obey the Lord or the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to, I'm going to shock myself. You know, some people, it's, you know, I went without coffee. Uh, I went, you know, for two hours without coffee. And <laughs> I started getting a headache. You know, so I had to drink some more coffee because I don't want to have headaches. And can I just say, you know, for some of you, you know, without soda, going without coffee, things like that, you're going to be all right. You know, the headaches go away. <laughs> Give it a couple days. You know, just live with, that, with the headache for a little bit. You'll be fine. But can I just tell you, tell you why you're getting a headache? Because you got poison inside your system trying to come out. And it's, your, your, your body's saying to your brain, feed me more caffeine or I'm going to keep pounding your head. And, 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 and your spirit's saying, hey, no, listen, you don't need caffeine. You don't need, you don't need nothing. Uh, listen, fasting breaks two barriers real quickly of being an overcomer. Number one, your stubborn self-will of the soul. In other words, like we just mentioned, you, you, is fasting breaks that self-will of the soul. Number two, Fasting breaks the powerful appetites of your body. We should never, ever be in a place where we can never say, no, I'm going to do this for the Lord instead. You can write this down in your notes. Our bodies make wonderful servants, but terrible masters. Don't listen to your body. Don't listen to your soul. Don't listen to your mind. Don't listen to your feelings. Feelings. All in up is feeling. Do you know how many people live according to their feelings? How come you're not at work, son? I don't feel like working today. You don't live by your feelings. You live according to your spirit. Your spirit calls the shots. Your spirit calls the shots. Your spirit always calls the shots. The Bible says that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh if you're led by what? Everybody say the Spirit. Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you've got to be led by the Spirit. Come on, tell them for me. You've got to be led by the Spirit. So that's why we fast. Can I just say it like this? Number two, fasting doesn't change God, but fasting changes you. Why am I fasting? Well, I'm, I'm fasting because I, I'm trying to convince God he needs to give me a new Cadillac. I'm fasting because I need that bigger house. I'm fasting because I need a better job. I'm fasting because I need, I need, I need. Okay, well, you may need all those things. I'm not saying you don't, but you don't fast to try to twist God's arm and tell him to go knuckle or uncle and, and, and I'm going to do what you, okay, since you went without the meal, I'm going to get, okay, you can have. No, what fasting does is it changes you. You begin to see things about yourself, the way you respond to people, the way you're acting, the way you're thinking, and he begins to, Reveal things about you. Yeah, you may, you know. Okay, number three. (laughs) Fasting ushers in the power of God. It ushers in the power of God. Well, listen. When you you begin to fast, what, what, what did Jesus, he was in the garden, 
And right before he was going to the cross, he says, Father, not my will, but your will be done. How did he learn how to operate out of the will of God and not his own will? He learned it back in years ago, but especially manifested in the wilderness when he said to the enemy, I, I know I could turn those stones into bread, but I'm not going to. It's not my, I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. So when we fast, we're learning how to do what God asks, is calling us to do, not what we want to do. Now, here's the beautiful part about fasting. You're like, well, this sounds like a terrible thing to do. Why would I ever want to do this? Can I just say, when you begin to fast, it's amazing how quickly God begins to show up. Like, personally, in my own life, now, everyone's different, but I don't, first of all, I don't even need as much sleep as I typically would need at night. And when I wake up, my mind is clear and it's not foggy. And the, and when the moment I begin to pray, it's like within just moments, God's presence is there in a powerful way, more tangible than most times. I'm telling you, I've been doing this for years, and this has always been the case. Start having, start having dreams at night that come from God, that are God dreams, not crazy pepperoni pizza, where, where'd that monster come from dream? You know what I'm saying now? I'm going to talk about real dreams that are from God. God begins to show you things about yourself. And, and do you get hungry? Yeah. And, and, and are these times where your knees buckle because you see a commercial on television? Someone, a ham, let me tell you, you've never seen as many hamburger commercials in your life <laughs> as you do when you start fasting. I'm not a McDonald's guy, but I love McDonald's when I'm fasting because you know, I see all the commercials. So this morning, here's what we're going to do with, with, the, with what time we have left. This morning, I, I just felt like, you know, how do we, how do we end this thing? So today, this is what I want. The worship team is going to play, so they're going to sing. We're going to love on the Lord a little bit. But, but I, I feel, Paul said this to Timothy. He said, he said, Timothy, you need to stir yourself up in your most holy faith. Sometimes I got to be stirred up. Don't, I mean, if, you, if you make a cake, you got you to stir the, the better, right? I mean, you just don't throw it all in and just throw it in the oven. You got to stir some things up. And I, I believe there's a time where we, can, we just need to like put the paddles to our spirit. We got to stir some things up. And, and, and what I found in my journey is that it's really helpful when I have people that will just even pray for me. Say, man, I, I've gone to people so many times and would you just pray for me? I, I just need God to stir me. I just need to be stirred a little bit, you know? And, and, and they'll, just, they'll just put their hand on my shoulder and they'll just pray a sweet little prayer for me. And I, I sense God just begin to just stir me inside in my spirit. And I felt like the Lord said that, just said, you know, yeah, we need to do that today. We need to stir one, the Bible says to, to, to stir one another up to good works, to prod one another, to, to poke one another. And, says, Can I? and so today that's what I want to do. And so, uh, so we're going to have, uh, our prayer teams as well, but but uh, Pastor Kemp is here, and Pastor Robert Isaac, and Pastor Jan. I'm going to come myself, and we're just going to stand here, and um, we're just going to pray for anyone that wants to come. And say, so, man, just I just want, I just want the first service was so beautiful, people coming up. Just I just want God to stir me, Pastor. And we just pray to get some sweet prayer time, and we want to do that with you today. So can we all stand to our feet? Can we do that? And come on, let's just begin to sing and worship the Lord. And come on, prayer teams and pastors, come and let's just stand here. Man, if you need prayer, you want to be stirred up, come on, we're just 
going to be here to do that with you. And just step out of your seat right now. Come on. God, some praise. Come on, let's give God some praise this morning. Woo! <laughs> Can I just say this? I didn't say this in the first service. I should have. I'll tell you what. Anytime God finds a people like I know he has found in you, the enemy doesn't like that. And as some of you may not know this, but there is a real enemy of your soul. And um, just the very fact that you have like associated yourself to some way with some church, I, I believe there's a target in the place on your back. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not scaring nobody. I'm just, just telling the reality. I, I, you have a, a weapon there, um, to use against the enemy, though. God has given you the, your mouth. And I, I just want to just challenge us as a church. First of all, man, first of all, you've got to know that we're taking territory for the kingdom of God. I mean, God's using us in some powerful ways. God's using us as a body in some powerful ways. And, 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 and we're stirring up some things in the spiritual dimension. So I, I need you to rise up. I need you to be awake. I need you, the Bible says, be sober-minded. I need you to be sober. This isn't a chance. This, don't be sleeping on the job. I need, I need this 21 days of prayer is a challenge for all of us to climb up onto the ramparts of the wall and become watchmen's. And have our spirits sharp. Deal with the stuff that's been kind of been hanging around us. Cut it off. And let's become the people that God's called us to be. And let's take back some territory for the kingdom of God that is rightfully, rightfully ours in the Jesus name. Come on. Come on. Come on. Are you ready? Are you ready, church? Mm. Mm. So... 2020, how many are ready? You ready? 2020? Look out. Come on. Who let the dogs out? That's what it's going to be. That's what they're going to be playing out there in Baltimore. Who let the dogs out? The Summit Church dogs are out. Come on. We love you. We trust that God blesses you incredibly today, this week. Man, use your life to be a missionary. And as you submit yourself to this fast, God's going to use you in incredible ways and talk to you and minister to you. As you're dismissed, turn around and find two or three people and just tell them, come on, God's about to do something great in your life. Will you do all that for me? God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to visit us online at summitchurch.tv or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at summitchurch.tv.